Okay, so in this episode, I want to talk about um, high ROI habits for virtue. So I think we all know deep down that the more influential we are, the more people we can bring to Christ. Influence. So how do we become more influential? By developing ourselves, okay? Very important. By developing ourselves. And I wrote this syllogism, okay, that I think is true. If you disagree, rebut my syllogism, okay? So premise one, it is virtuous to bring people to Christ. Premise two, the more influential you are, the more people you can bring to Christ. Premise three, you become more influential by developing yourself. And so conclusion, it is virtuous to develop yourself. Okay? It is virtuous to develop yourself in all areas. And so you develop yourself, unfortunately, by doing the boring, repetitive tasks day in, day out, consistently. And five years later, you've crafted a brand new man. Okay? So what I want to talk about today are the four highest ROI habits that I'm aware of that make you do these like day in and day out tasks that make you more virtuous, more influential over time. Because I'm telling you guys, that is so paramount. It is so paramount. I know that the arguments of like the faith and like the reasoning behind the catechism and everything is why things are literally true and like the theology, but influence is what converts people who don't think like us because they just don't care about reason right now. They care about emotion and feeling and vibe and energy and, and you know, ambiance and um, the energy you give off. So we have to be influential. Okay, I'll use whatever weapon Christ wants me to use. But if he wants me to be influential, I'll do it. Because the days of arguing syllogisms in the public forum are over. All right, you got to influence. All right, so let's get started. Number one, highest ROI habit. Friend groups should be based on goals and values, not community. I'm just going to speak facts, guys. Friend groups can hold us back. Um, now, I know that as Catholics, we value community so much. And so when we go into like Catholic events and stuff, we tend to hang out with Catholics. Theology on tap. I'm sure your parish is putting on an event. You go to it. And we all like to hang out with other Catholics, okay? Because we think that's correct. We sh and at a, to a point it is. Like we should hang out with people that have like like-minded interests and similar values. But what we have to remember is a lot of Catholics are not self-developing, okay? And you get into these hyper-nice communities where everyone's a little fake, to be honest with you. Everyone's not being super real. They're talking about, like, very Catholic things, which is very good, but everyone's too nice. They're not talking about real stuff, and, like, they're not self-developing. And this is a whole conversation we could have about community, but, <laughs> frankly, like, communities, all communities— push people in and push people out based on certain like behaviors. And so, for example, like a Catholic community, if I was gay and I walked in with my boyfriend and we started making out <laughs> in a Catholic community, I would immediately be socially stigmatized. The community would socially ostracize me or stigmatize me. And we know that, right? They, someone would come up to me, right? And be like, hey, we don't, we don't do that here. Something would happen. What it doesn't happen with in Catholic communities right now is... Uh, self-development. So like leveling up, not being obese, not uh, developing yourself, not making more money. And all of these you might say are like, well, that's not what it's about. It's about Jesus. Totally true. But we have to remember, remember my syllogism in the beginning. Okay. It is virtuous to develop yourself because it inf gives you more influence, which brings people to Christ. So I kind of do. So this is all to say your friend group should be based on people that have similar goals as you, want you to level up, want you to succeed 
okay? And less about like, oh, they have same religion, therefore I spend all my time with them. Okay, it's not enough. There's a lot of Catholics that just don't get it just because they're born bred Catholics, cradle Catholics, okay? So it's not enough, okay? And besides, you want to hang out with people that don't think like you because that's going to that's gonna make you more influential anyway. Okay, ROI habit number two that's going to make you more virtuous. This is pretty straightforward, pretty basic, but it's so important, so I want to touch on it. Structured sleep, structured food, structured drink, okay? Guys, we live in the great, like the nicest period of life ever. Like life is so comforting. Sleep, what's going on, Greg? Sleep is such a profound impact on our life. Like people pay me money to ask why they don't have energy. And then I ask, how often are you sleeping? And they say five hours a night. I'm like, you did not need to pay me to, for me to tell you to go to bed earlier. But now we, now we're here. So structures, go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day, including weekends. But Joe, I have like the party and the, the, the concert and like what the, the drinking. Guys, it is the greatest period of time ever of like comfort. But when you got kids, oh, Greg. Okay, if you have kids and they're staying up, I did a whole episode on this about sacrificing sleep. There is a time to sacrifice sleep, but the bar has to be high and it should be like for children. But I'm talking about when people sacrifice sleep for things below the bar, drinking, socializing, partying, concerts. Sleep is like the driving force of your ability to problem solve and have energy. And so you're ne- it's not sustainable to not sleep seven, eight hours a night. Um, Matthew Walker talks about this in his book, Why We Sleep. It's such a profound impact on our lives. So structured sleep every night. And if you're ever like, well, I just, you know, so-and-so is in town. I want to go see him. It's like, dude, God is enough. Okay. There are, there are, what's that uh, monk, the order that's like super, super, like they don't do much. Carthusians. The Car- Carthusians don't go to concerts and they're pretty happy folk. I met one. He was a pretty happy guy. So um, that's to say you don't need much. God is enough. Now, the second thing is structured food. So many people struggle with eating and like body composition, but if you guys just eat the same thing day in and day out, and you might say like, whoa, that's crazy. Like I can't do that. You, I, I would come back to this idea that God is enough. And the fact that you have an ability to have like an abundance of protein and healthy foods so that you can live till you're 80 or 90 or, or beyond 100 years old, is a gift. And you don't like the fast food and the processed foods just won't bring you joy. They'll bring you immediate pleasure, but they won't lead to fulfillment. And so it's a gift to be able to eat the same foods every day. You could have it Instacarted to your house every day. It's a gift. And it makes body composition so easy. You can have a six pack the rest of your life because you just eat the same thing every day. And if you're ever like, gosh, I just had rice yesterday. It's like, have it again. It's a gift. You should be very grateful. Okay. And it will literally change your life. Can you imagine how much influence you have when you're 50 and jacked or lean or whatever you want to be? Because remember guys, I'm always coming back to the syllogism from the beginning. It is virtuous to develop yourself because developing yourself brings you influence. And the more influence you have, the more people you can bring to Christ. And right now the name of the game is influence. We are in the age of the influencer. Okay. And then structured drink also, I would say. I don't drink. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I get that there's like a theological tie to drinking because Jesus turned water into wine and then the Eucharist. Well, I guess you wouldn't call, I don't know if we call Eucharist also the wine. I always think of it as the host. Anyway, um, the point is, is there's like a theological tie to alcohol. 
I'll drink it for communion. I just don't drink it socially or for pleasure because I, I want, I love my life. Okay. This is very important. I love my life. Alcohol kind of takes me into a different zone, just like weed or like any drug. And so I like the reality I have. I don't want to escape. So it's a much better idea to like build a reality that you really like. And then I don't even want alcohol. Like, why would I want to be perceiving life differently? I like this. I don't want to change it. Okay. Also, that's going to help your metabolism and like help everything. So, all right. So two habits so far, friend group based on goals and values, not community, and then structured sleep, food, and drink. The third one, this is super important. Yes. Eucharist is both body and blood of Christ. Okay. So when we say the word Eucharist, that means the wine also. I should probably know that. I think that's true. We have a father in the group. He'll help. Um, Okay. So complete ownership. This is super important. Um, A lot of guys I talk to when they struggle with things in life, they struggle with eating out or like not staying disciplined or not staying consistent. And the issue becomes that they, they, they end up blaming their circumstances. So they blame things that aren't themselves whether that's like their environment or like they're too busy at work or even their family or like a condition they have. And I just want you guys to know like nothing will make your life better than taking complete ownership of everything in your life, even if it's not your fault. There's a famous um, investor. He's like a very rich man. And he once said, his name's uh, Hormozy, and he once said that um, breaking poverty is done with two words, my fault. To become not poor, it starts with two words, my fault, okay? Because complete owner, if you, if you blame, let's say you have a problem in your life, if you blame another person or a circumstance or the environment, you literally rob yourself of the power to fix it. You no longer have the power. It's not on you. You don't have control. You blamed the other thing. And so that's why if we blame only ourselves for everything, if we blame ourselves for every single thing, we have the power to change every single thing which is really important because Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So if we say something like, I can't lose the weight, work is too busy. It's like, okay, well now you've given the power to work. And so you don't don't have the power to change it. So we never want to speak like that. We only want to blame ourselves for everything. And that's why with my clients, if a client doesn't get results, I only blame myself. But I would hope they also, they never blame me. They only blame themselves. Like my job is to only blame me. But their job is to only blame them because we're all taking complete ownership. And that's how you grow. That's how you change. And that's such, if there was nothing else I could give my clients, it would be that. Like blame yourself for everything and know that you have the power with Christ, as Philippians 4.13 says, to change everything. Okay? All right. This is good. I get so excited about this stuff, guys. So much more exciting than like fitness tutorials. Not that those aren't important. Those are super important. Okay. Fourth and final ROI habit. Um, This goes to my men out here more so than the women, but to have complete um, control over your emotions. So little to no emotional turbulence. Um, As I think it was Aristotle who said, emotion clouds reason. You're going to be so much more successful in the decisions you make. So all of life, we're just solving problems. We're just making decisions and solving things. We're taking an info, solving problems. If you let your emotions dictate the decisions you make, you're going to make worse decisions. That's just a fact. And so it's a skill to control your emotions. It's done with self-talk and self-development. You have to improve on that. And so um, you, that's like a skill. You need to take time in a day and fix that. 
and I help guys do that, but um, a lot of guys don't. They're emotionally unhinged. They get emotional. They fly off the handle. And so if that's you, that's a habit that you need to work on. Okay? Super important. So let's go. Let's recap the four. Your friend group should be selective. They should be based on your goals and your values, not just the people that live near you. Okay? Number two, structured sleep, structured food, structured drink. Okay. Number three, complete ownership of everything you do in life. And then number four, little to no emotional turbulence. Because if we control our emotions, we control our decision-making power. And now imagine you're controlling your emotions. You're getting all your sleep. You eat the same healthy foods every day. You take ownership of everything. Your friend group is cheering you on. All you do is win. All you do is make progress. And then you have so much influence. And then people are inspired by you. And then they're like, what's the secret? And you're like, I've got this thing called church. You got to come with me, dude. Check it out. And then boom, hook is set. Seeds are planted. Don't you guys want that? Don't you want to win the culture war? I do. Okay. Um, There's a bonus tip I wanted to give you. Bonus habit. And that is to learn daily a skill every day. I think I've talked about this before. There's this rule of, um, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called like the rule of 100. Yeah, the rule of 100. And it says that if you spend 18 minutes a day studying a skill, just 18 minutes a day, it'll come out to like 100 hours a year. And if you do 100 hours of focused studying on a skill, you'll be better than 95% of of, of the world population at it. How cool. And... If you guys, let's say, are struggling with income, I talk to guys about their struggles with everything. Sometimes it's income, sometimes it's pornography, sometimes it's fitness. But if you're struggling with, let's say, income, well, you get paid in the market based on the skill set you have because the skill set lets you solve different problems. And so if you need to develop a higher value skill so you make more money, try the rule of 100, 18 minutes a day in one year. Let's say you did 18 minutes a day on like, I don't know, what's a high value skill? Coding. That's pretty high value. In one year, you're better than 95% of the world at coding. My gosh, you could probably quadruple your salary. So everything has a solution. And I would say those four plus the bonus, those five ROI habits will change your life. But you got to stick with them. Okay. All right, guys, that is everything. Um, just wanted to touch on these. They changed my life. And so I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to share them with you. Okay. So I hope this was helpful. If it was, drop a like. Um, I think I answered all the questions. If I missed a question, let me know, or you can just DM me. But yeah, I'll be going live five times a week. And if you are a Catholic man who wants to practice what he preaches, I built a free community for Catholic men with a ton of resources to help you out. And we got priests in there. We got seminarians. We do challenges. Super helpful. So, all right, guys, that, oh, and that link, (laughs) how do you get in? That link is going to be in the show notes and it's on my bio on Instagram. All right, guys, that's everything. I will talk to you guys tomorrow and have a great rest. Uh, What day is it? Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. God bless.